Welcome to the Commune Podcast. My name is Jeff Krasnow. Today on the show, I welcome Alyssa Goodman. Alyssa is a certified holistic nutritionist based in Los Angeles who discovered that food and self-love were the keys to health after being diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. She is the author of Cancer Hacks, a holistic guide to overcoming your fears and healing cancer. And she is the creator of Reset Your Life, a five-day food cleanse delivered twice a week to clients in the greater Los Angeles area. I've done it, and it is expertly executed in every manner. Alyssa was only 32 when she got her diagnosis, but she decided that cancer was not going to be her death sentence. Alyssa assumed the driver's seat of her own healing journey and contrary to the advice of many of her doctors, began implementing holistic treatments suited to her own unique bio-individuality. She put her cancer into remission by adopting anti-inflammatory protocols, including talk therapy, yoga, meditation, and cutting out sugar. She created an unfriendly terrain for disease and stopped feeding the cancer cells. Now, sadly, her husband was not as fortunate. He succumbed to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after a regimen of doctor-prescribed chemotherapy and bone marrow transplants. Now, this is not to say that there is one solution to cancer treatment. Everyone and every case is different. In some situations, the more typical treatments of surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy may be best but there are other non-traditional paths to consider that involve changes in behavior, and there are numerous fascinating emerging immunotherapy approaches to cancer that are showing tremendous promise. I hope you come away from this interview reminded that health is a process and not a product. We all exist on a spectrum. We are healing the process of moving towards wholeness or ailing, moving closer to disease and disconnection. The good news is that we have tremendous agency around which direction we choose to go. So before diving into Alyssa's journey, here's a brief reminder about our Commune course platform. If you are interested in functional and integrative medicine-based programs with doctors like Jeff Bland, Mary Pardee, Mark Hyman, Sarah Gottfried, Kara Fitzgerald, and Roger Schwelt, on topics such as gut health, sleep, immunity, hormone balancing, Ayurveda, and nutrition, well, you can sign up for 14 days of free all access to Commune's entire course library, including more than 100 courses on health, personal growth, and social impact. Just go to onecommune.com slash trial. That's T-R-I-A-L. And of course, please support this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcatcher. It makes a huge, huge difference. Okay, without further delay, I present to you, Alyssa Goodman. Alyssa Goodman, what a treat. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's my treat. To be here. I mean, after following you for years and just really like impressed, 
and blown away with everything you've done. Well, the feeling everything mutual. you bring to light. I mean, you're on my podcast. <laughs> so obviously the feeling is mutual. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm so pleased we could share this time together right before the holidays in order just as a means of time stamping this conversation. Right. Um, which is uh, obviously a, uh, a turbulent time and a wonderful time. Yes. Um, but my mother is visiting from out of town. I think you're also... Mine came in for the weekend, who's 92, and okay. healthy, strong, lives on her own, drives her own car. I think I've got some good genes, I hope. Yeah. Well, and some good, um, pe- uh, I guess, pedigree is not the right word, but pedagogy. I mean, she was instrumental in, in introducing you to a lot of the modalities that you're so yeah. interested in at a very young age. She would yes. take you to Rancho La Puerta, is that right? Yeah, and she was ahead of their time, and I think Rancho La Puerta was ahead of their time. I mean, have Don't you ever I, been there? I have not been there. No. 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 I mean, it was, you know, as a teenager, I was going there. Well, it wasn't the place I wanted to be because I there was no phones and I could <laughs> no contact with my friends. So as a that wasn't the best thing in regards to, you know, being 15, 16, but yeah, going to a place where you meditate and hike and eat plant-based food that tastes delicious and grown on the property, um, mandatory massages. I just remember the mandatory massages without a towel was a little discomforting. Yeah, risque at that <laughs> moment in your life. But yeah, yeah, but it was yoga and meditation and just all kinds, it was definitely exercise, um, but beautiful speakers came and yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, you have two daughters. I have three daughters. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my general MO around them is that they'll never listen to me, but they'll <laughs> never fail to imitate me. Right. So this is the great trick. Uh-huh. The, uh, the illusion that our parents can pull on their children is just to, um, you know, set a good example such that there are footsteps to walk in. And that right. sounds like what your right. mother did with you by introducing you to a lot of these modalities and experiences that you might have rolled your eyes at at one point, but then became pretty central. Absolutely. Your life. And You're I right. always joke, you know, when my kids, you know, there are three girls growing up as teenagers in Los Angeles with the sort of requisite pressures of modern life um, and Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and all the rest of it. And they're not immune to bouts of panic attacks and anxiety. And of course, you know, I try to help them as their loving dad who has spent a good amount of his time excavating these modalities that address those issues. Yeah. And, um, and as soon as I engage in any kind of conversation with them, they go, Oh dad, no, no, stop. Don't you dare fucking say meditation. <laughs> and then, and, and then I'm like, true. okay, back off. Mm-hmm. But then of course I'll sneak into their room and, uh, you know, w- when they leave their lights on or something like that. And then I notice like, Ooh, there's a meditation app on their phone. And I'm like, aha, it's sinking in there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is probably one of the coolest things that I've been able to do with my girls, you know, after their dad passing away, you know, at an early age, like just to be able to like show them this way of living and, you know, getting Mm -hmm. them to like, they really admire what I've done and built and how great I feel at this age with energy and just, and all, and yeah, 
they, they don't love to meditate. You know, I pull out a green juice every day. It's like, oh, really? I got to drink that. Um, but it does sink in. And yeah. there are things that I think I see them doing on their own. And I'm like, wow, I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, you are a walking monument to uh, healthy living and longevity. I know you're, I hope you're so. very forward. <laughs> so I'm not outing you when I say that you're 62. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, no one would be with even even within decades of being able to guess that um Thank just you. by your exuberance and your enthusiasm your eloquence but also your physical appearance so thank you um so well done i never thought that it could be possible yeah yeah so let's we'll get into it because um you know if there's one thing that i have learned um after interviewing probably 200 doctors and, you know, 50 other nutritionists and right. yoga teachers and meta teachers and probably a hundred other neuroscientists and mystics and sages and planetary sustainability experts or whatever, <laughs> is that health is really a process. It's not a product. Mm -hmm. Um, and that you exist across a spectrum or your, your well-being can exist across a spectrum and you're either moving into um, a process of healing and wholeness, mm -hmm. or you're moving into a process of disease and illness. Right. And so you are an activator, I would say, of helping people engage into the process of healing and moving towards wholeness. Right. And so I want to probe at a variety of different protocols that can help people be on that path and mm -hmm. not the path to illness and disease and underscore that with the fact that we have a tremendous amount of agency around which direction we're going. Mm -hmm. So um, you had a surprising diagnosis about your health uh, when you were 32, I believe. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about that diagnosis and how that propelled you uh, into a whole variety of different behaviors and protocols? Yes, I was diagnosed with, diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is, you know, cancer of the lymphatic system. Um, it was an early stage of Hodgkin's lymphoma, and um, I was getting a massage and thank God this mm -hmm. masseuse had me sitting upright and the lymph node was in my collarbone. And she just said, you know, you're not supposed to have a swollen lymph node there. You should go get it checked out. And the next thing I knew it was an early stage of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. And, um, it wasn't surprising because I was not on that path of healing and wellness. I was on a diff whole different trajectory of got to make a lot of money, got to, you know, get, 50 million things done in a day. Just, I was moving really fast and trying to just keep up with everybody. And that was not a good way to be living, not even knowing what was making me happy or calm or, you know, filling my heart up. Yeah. You were living the typical American dream. Yes. Mindless. <laughs> I thought it was. Deal. Right. Um, where, yeah, we become incredibly dissociated with how we're feeling yep. about uh, our own sort of self-worth and self-value. Um, 
and uh, and it's it's intoxicating to be in that place because you're on this treadmill and you're achieving and you're accomplishing and then yeah. people are acknowledging those accomplishments but of course the pride that you feel associated with that fades quite quickly and then you're off chasing the next big shiny thing on the exactly. horizon and uh and that puts us kind of in this endless um cycle of um of dysbiosis i would call it or uh, right. of in of unhealthy imbalance and that can manifest itself in a whole variety of ways so for you right that it was, was Hodgkin's lymphoma yeah I think of cancer, though, is autoimmune or, you know, uh, diabetes. I think they're just, they're all sort of a cancer, right? Yeah. It's just, it covers all those territories. Yeah, and it, it sometimes picks upon the place where you have a little innate weakness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I spent um, a few weeks in Sloan Kettering um, as a 13-year-old. I was in the pediatrics ward there, Sloan mm. Kettering for those who don't know, is a very, very prominent cancer center uh, in New York City. Right. And, um, you know, fortunately, I had a relatively localized um, and topical tumor that could be hmm. removed. Right. And then they had to administer kind of liquid nitrogen. They killed a lot of cells, and I still have a lot of numbness and all that kind of stuff. But thankfully, um, you know, I was into remission quite quickly. Um, but it was an absolute inflection point of my life, you know, being, you know, a young man just entering adolescence and then having this, you know, kind of monumental experience in my life and right. uh, kind of like, it's scary. Yeah. Right. I, it, I sort of, I always kind of, I mean, this is sort of a generalization, but I kind of associate that experience of having cancer and then being treated. as like going from a boy to being a man mm -hmm. <laughs> to some degree. Um, it was, I mean, as a kid, I was sick all the time. So yeah. I would, didn't have a healthy immune system. So I was constantly getting everything. Um, and I also got mono twice and strep throat and tonsillitis consistently and, um, sinus issues. I mean, it was never ending. So we didn't know a lot about how to balance our immune system in those days. Yeah. Um, it was, oh, just get, get to bed early that I feel like, um, it wasn't really, we didn't talk about food or proper hydration or just the stress, um, or any, you know, even vitamin D wasn't even a, a, a thing. Yeah. Well, and it's curious that, that Hodgkin's lymphoma was the cancer that you developed because your lymphatic system is a central part of your immune system right. and your detoxification system and your lymph moves toxins around your body and through your liver and your kidneys for excretion and when your primary detoxification systems. Um, but your immune system, it appears for one reason or another was somewhat compromised. So that's yeah. where, that's where this, these dysfunctional cells, um, arose. Appeared. appeared. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, so then what, so you got this diagnosis yeah. and, what was going through your head at that, <laughs> that juncture. You know, I mean, total yeah. like fear. Yeah. Um, you first enter into, oh my God, am I going to die? I'm 32. I'm so young. I haven't even have kids yet. I've just got married, just moved from New York to LA, you know, starting this beautiful life here. So 
um, it was definitely terrifying. And the doctors also were terrifying. I think that yeah. was the biggest thing that it was so frustrating for me was that they don't, tr they don't treat you like a human being, loving, nurturing at all. It's like, oh my God, we got to, you know, maybe freeze your eggs because you haven't had kids yet. We might have to do a, you know, transplant. Do you have a donor? I mean, this was all before it was even staged. Um, we're going to have to do chemo, radiation, you know, just, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I went to see two doctors like that. And then I always talking, we were talking earlier and the third doctor was also life-changing. He was a radiologist oncologist, um, from St. John's. And I went to see him begrudgingly with my slides and everything. And he looked at it and saw that it was an early stage. And he's like, you know what? Like, are you happy with your life? Do you love what you're doing? Do you love yourself? I mean, who asked those questions like 30 years ago? And it was, I started to cry. I was like, I'm so unhappy because I don't even know what calm or happy is. I have no connection to my heart, my body, my soul. I felt so disconnected. And he goes, we need to work on that. Mm -hmm. And that's what really was so helpful with the diagnosis. And I didn't do chemo. My radiologist, my oncologist fired me, said <laughs> that we can't treat you because you're going rogue on us. Yeah. And I went and found an oncologist that, gave, that did half the radiation and yeah. was okay, was on the same page as me. But it took a lot of courage, which I didn't realize, um, and chutzpah to be like, okay, I'm not don't go in their route. I'm going to go my own. So, and, and, and at that juncture, because now there's a lot of alternative therapies yeah. that are starting to be developed. There's all these really exciting immunotherapies, CAR T cells and uh, checkpoint inhibitors and all this really unbelievable treatment yeah. that's actually marrying uh, lifestyle protocols with pharmacology in really in a very beautiful way. Yeah. And because it's very tempting to always bash pharmacology because it is so insidious in so many mm -hmm. different ways. But when approached intelligently and in combination with your own um, innate intelligence of your, of nature, of your body, yeah, then they can actually act in concert together. But too often the default is like, okay, Alyssa, now you have this diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Here's your prognosis. Right. And here, which is like the average mortality rate has nothing to do with your bio individuality. No. It's just like, this is what you can expect. Mm -hmm. And here's your options for prescription. It's, you know, surgery, it's chemotherapy, it's radiation. So like, here we when, go. When are you ready to get going? <laughs> right. <laughs> because we can't waste a moment, right. you know, because right. there's so many reasons to be scared. Exactly. Um, and that's what they do with my husband, you yeah. know, 11, year, 11 years later. So, so you, I, was it just intuition or, or was it sort of a, a, a mix of intuition and, you know, all of a sudden you get this diagnosis and that probably compelled you to start learning a lot about you know, different kinds of protocols. How did you start to untangle what to do at that juncture? You know, I think my whole life, I knew intuitively that if I listened to my intuition, it was always right. Um, but there were so many people around me saying, no, that isn't right. As yeah. you, you know, we talk about a lot in the health world. So I realized then that I knew my life wasn't going right. I was, you know, overextending myself. I wasn't really taking care of myself. Um, I was a sugar addict, a coffee addict. I mean, um, exercise 
you know, hardcore exercise. I was just really stressing myself out mm. um, to like keep up with that, keep up with the Joneses as yeah. we were talking about. So I knew uh, like it was almost like I was given a little bit of a gift. I never said that before, but I was like, I get to stop this treadmill mm. and really check in with myself because I knew I wasn't, you know, I already knew intuitively I wasn't doing things right for myself. Yeah. I didn't feel good all the time. Yeah. So that made me stop. I dove into therapy, dove into the self-help books, you know, did, I mean, living in LA was so incredible. You know, 30 years ago, there was a juice place, which is still there, Beverly Hills juice down the street. Okay. So yeah. I'd walk there every day, colonics, you know, whole foods, or it was Mrs. Gooch's a little better than whole foods. And <laughs> there was still an air, there was an era one in those days too. Um, I lived in West Hollywood, that area, Beverly Hills. So yeah. And then natural paths and acupuncture. And I just, yeah, I am a seeker. So that's so, what yeah, there was a lot available to you yeah. in your curiosity. Yeah, um, it was so fun and, yeah. sc and scary at the same, same time. But at yeah. least I was starting to take care of myself and I was starting to see a difference in how I felt. From 40,000 feet, we often can point to the fact that sometimes our, our greatest moments of growth uh, come from, you know, these these inflection points of, of rock bottom or of of disease, et cetera, yeah. that essentially, you know, can propel us towards uh, expansion. But of course, it's hard to recognize that in the moment yes. all the time. Yes. But you seem to find that clarity and that courage at that time. So, you know, what were some of the primary protocols that you started to adopt? You know, I, I don't know if you'd even yeah. call them protocols at that juncture. I mean, what did you start, you know, where you started to meditate or do adopt a different diet? Definitely took sugar out of the diet. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing was the juicing. You know, I started mm -hmm. juicing every day, um, watched my sugar intake, dairy, um, gluten wasn't a thing in those days, but, um, and then I went into therapy, self-help, just taught, expressing myself of how frustrated I was and what wasn't working. So that was, those were the biggest things. Um, like and, CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy, yes, or talk therapy, talk therapy, mostly yeah. talk therapy and yoga. Mm, yoga yeah. was a lifesaver. It got me back in my body. When I got back, when I got myself on that mat, it was like, wow, this is calm, you know? So I would say those yoga talk therapy and the juicing and, you know, really cleaning up my diet, but right. the sugar and the dairy, I was uh, addicted to sugar and dairy. So I mm. took those out of the diet and it was huge. Yeah. So what you were doing was creating an unfriendly terrain yes. for disease. And I think it's fair to say that, you know, we can't control every vacillation and fluctuation of nature. Um, but we do have a tremendous amount of agency around the terrain that we can create. Mm -hmm. And so what you were doing is you were adopting protocols that were anti-inflammatory, 
that were changing your hormones in hormone secretion in a positive way. So you were bringing yourself out of your sympathetic nervous system into your parasympathetic nervous system. You were enhancing and upregulating the neurotransmitters that promote uh, repair and calmness and serenity, you know, the inhibitory neurotransmitters like GABA and serotonin. And you were like, you know, trying to um, disconnect from the sort of constant cortisol norepinephrine infusion that keeps us in this place of endless kind of fight or flight, um, which so many of us are, are, are in these days. And you can map that that hormonal seesaw and that neuromodulator seesaw right on to chronic disease. I mean, yes. it's not a mystery. No. <laughs> um, you know, what cortisol can, for example, do to blood glucose levels yeah. and what chronic blood gluc- high blood glucose levels can do to metabolic dysfunction yeah. and what metabolic dysfunction can do for chronic diseases like, like cancer. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, um, so you went into remission. Yes, I did the radiation and then half radiation they recommended and did go into remission. Yeah. Amazing. And was lucky. And how long was that, did that process take? It was about 12 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was quick. I was quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, then I went right back into work after my treatment because I thought I was healed and ended up. And then you got slapped in the yeah, face I did. again. <laughs> With some, you know, just my immune system wasn't quite there yet. So I got shingles and. Uh-huh. Then went on to have a child and and then I got, you know, Hashimoto's. So Yeah. So Hashimoto's is kind of the autoimmune side of hypothyroidism, mm-hmm. is that right? Yes. So your yeah. thyroid makes a number of different key hormones for regulate for regulating metabolism. Yeah. And if it's not making like T three and T four, then your metabolism can slow way, way down. Exactly. So were you a lot of issues. Yeah, hair well, loss and fatigue and brain fog and And so you were experiencing all those. Yes. Uh-huh. I w- I had hypo prior to I my thyroid was radiated. So they uh-huh. it was because the, the lymph node was here. Right. So I'm sure from the radiation it it shrunk my thyroid. So yeah. I had hypo before I got the Hashi before I was diagnosed with the Hashimoto's. Mm, yeah, that, so, that makes sense. And um, the thyroid still hasn't come back. It's still small. Really? Yeah, from that radiation. And what is the treatment, if any, for hypothyroidism? I, I mean, I, I know that you need to exogenously consume iodine, right? Yes. As, as the kind of one of the antecedents. All the iodine is centered, you know, in your thyroid. Okay. You know, T1, T2, T3, T4, iodine. Um, so I I have had a lot of um, experiments, experience <laughs> with thyroid and Hashimoto's, and I've done the Synthroid and the Levothyroxine, all the over-the-counter, synth, you know, synthetic medications, and the pig with armor and nature and those never worked for me. Mm. And then um, I worked with a medical medium for a while. And, you know, this is a whole other discussion, lowered my viral loads. Um, I had Epstein-Barr, of course, because I had the strep throat and tonsillitis and mono a couple of times and chicken box too as a kid. Yeah. So I worked with him, you know, lowered my viral loads. And then I went on a natural cow supplement that I been on for four years that has been life changing. Hmm. It's called Thyrovance. It's from a grass fed cow in New Zealand. 
So it's not a medication. It's not FDA approved, but it's a supplement. And my numbers are perfect. Wow. So four years. Is it from a particular cow in New Zealand? <laughs> Does it have a name? That no, would I know. be funny if you I could wish, adopt. Yeah. You could adopt your adopt the cow. thyroid cow. Right. Um, I know. It's pretty wild. I mean, you know, it, people have varying degrees of comfort level with bovine, sure. yeah. you know, supplements. But uh, this one has been, whenever I give it to clients, it's been miraculously helpful. Mm. So, but yeah. doctors are a little, general practitioners are a little hesitant with it, of course. Um, most, a lot of functional integrative doctors and naturopaths don't mind it. Mm-hmm. So plus my numbers have been in, like incredible. Yeah. Um, so about 10 years or maybe 12 years after your remission, yeah, your husband at the time, Mark mm-hmm. also got a diagnosis. Yes. So what a was that? Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Definitely. I mean- were you guys like, what? Yeah, blown away by two people in the household having cancer. Um, a very similar form. Yes, similar cancer. form. I mean, yeah. nowadays it's more common to have, you know, mm-hmm. but it didn't seem like that in those days. But uh, he got his diagnosed farther along as we were talking. He had some lymph nodes on his neck that were swollen and kept getting them checked out, but they didn't think it was anything. They thought it was just as something he was fighting and took a lot of antibiotics and it took about six months to get diagnosed. And then by that time, it was pretty far along. He had two yeah. different forms of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. So like large B cell and follicular. Right. So one's faster growing than the other. So again, it. yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a little, his process was so different because um, his dad died of cancer when he was two and that trauma really did impact him. He mm-hmm. really related to cancer as a death sentence. Right. I didn't go yeah. into cancer like that. It was scary, but I didn't look at it like that. And I think he went into a full on fight or flight mode, you know, when the diagnosis happened and then fast forward unheard of, he got two transplants. He got his own stem cell transplant and a donor in a year and a half. That's kind of unheard of, you know, for your immune system to recover from those two, recover from one, it's really hard. Right. So those are bone marrow transplants. And so oftentimes bone marrow transplants are administered in the wake of chemotherapy because chemo essentially annihilates your immune systems and immune system and your essentially your stem cells within your bone marrow's ability to create immune cells effective immune cells so then you you know so basically when you when you get on the chemo protocol for example that can again in some cases be a a positive therapy My, my father's going through chemo right now. Um, but it can also trigger this trophic cascade where then all of a sudden your immune system becomes hyper-compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as was in Mark's case, it That's wasn't really the cancer that got him. It was, yeah, it was, it was the immune system. Yeah. Right. It was the fungal pneumonia at the end. Yeah. Um, just a year and a half battle, really. And then at 45... To pass away was, yeah, that was another scary or shattering um, moment in my life. Yeah. And you you guys had two girls at that point. Ten and seven. Mm -hmm. Yes. School in L.A., private school. You know, just 
Right. And he was the breadwinner. So yeah. then I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do with my life? And how am I going to raise these girls right. by myself? So, yeah, it's definitely another bottom yeah. that I hit. Intense. Um, so, I mean, how did you pull yourself out of that hole? Yeah, that's, I mean, I, mean, I had a long such a question. Maybe, yeah, I know. I had a, such a great support system um, here in LA with friends and family. But I then, you know, two years, I was really tired and like struggling for about two years. And um, slowly I started, you know, going back to the world that I knew yoga, um, just food, juicing. I was like, oh my God, I got to get my health back and my strength back because I do have to be the breadwinner and I have to raise these two girls. Um, and I, and so that's when I just, you know, started eating healthier. And then I, two years later, I decided to go back to this school that was American University of Complementary Medicine. So just to learn about Eastern and Western medicine and all the diet modalities and also um, you know, meditation, um, also just, you know, all, like met, like spiritual work, um, supplements, just a little bit of everything. And I did that for about two years just for myself. I didn't ever want to become a nutritionist. I never thought that that was the road I was going to go, but, um, it was so fascinating to, you know, cause I found my passion at that time. I was like, wow. Okay. Then I was learning, you know, I was doing Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese and, trying a little bit of everything and just slowly started to get really excited about it. And it's also start to feel good. Yeah. So you managed to leverage some of these very profound obstacles and, and moments of extreme suffering into something meaningful. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that's one of the hardest things to do in life. Uh, Victor Frankl often talked about, places in which we find meaning. And so we find meaning in our work and in our relationships. Um, but the most tricky one was finding meaning within our suffering. Yes. Um, you know, how do we move from essentially post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth? Mm -hmm. And, um, and you, you managed to do that yeah. and, um, and now be able to apply that to really alleviating the suffering of other people. It is intoxicating. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to say, you know, to be able to also tap into people's um, emotional, you know, where they're at emotionally and spiritually too, that is, mm -hmm. you know, so huge, um, not just food and supplements and, you know, what you do to live anti-cancer free or just getting yourself healthier and thriving. But yeah, to be able to tap in, to what was going on in your early years that maybe set you up for this disease or this illness um, has been really fun. Like I've, we've, yeah. after having a session with somebody at the end of the session, you know, they're telling me why they have cancer, why they have an autoimmune. <laughs> it's wild because yeah. they, we all do know why we're, where we're at. Yeah. It, on some level we do, whether it, oftentimes it, it, we need some help to scratch that surface yeah. and, you know, um, it's like m my daughter's actually going to a functional medicine doctor today. And, you know, I've seen some of like the intake forms at a really good functional medicine doctor. Mm -hmm. They're asking you all these questions that, you know, at first blush, you're like, why is that relevant to my health? You know, right. 
Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of the questions that, you know, you were addressing, like, you know, what happened when you were growing up? What mm -hmm. were those circumstances? What were your parents like? Were they around? You know, what other yeah. traumas may you be carrying with you? Right. Um, this book that I read, um, it was by a gynecologist up north. Um, I can't remember her name, but she she was saying, you know, the first seven years of your life, your subconscious is fully downloaded. So like when I was starting out in this whole, you know, wellness nutrition world, I was like, oh my God, like how you come into the world, you know, how you're birthed, how you're, if you're breastfed, like yeah. that connection, um, yeah, all or, of those things are so important. Yeah. Or are you inheriting methylated genes yes. from the trauma of your ancestors? Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, like Absolutely. Rachel Yehuda's work um, around epigenetics, mm -hmm. uh, not just that you know, our genes can turn on and off in relation to environment, um, but also that these acquired traits can also be passed down um, transgenerati transgenerationally and um, through methylate methylated genes, basically, yes. uh, that control the on-off on switch around, you know, gene expression and protein coding, protein transcription, et cetera. And so... You know, you may be the uh, the unaware recipient <laughs> of yep. something that had nothing to do with you. Yeah, um, exactly. And so the good news, though, uh, is that there are a lot of things that we can do to manage and to, you know, mitigate some of the cards that we were dealt and that, you know, really that age of genetic determinism is is mostly in the dustbin. Not mm -hmm. to say that genetics have nothing to do mm -hmm. with things. They do. Right. Small percentage, yeah. give or take. I guess it just depends on... It can give you certain proclivities for certain things. Yeah. Like I think like, you know, the APOE4 allele, if you have two copies of it, you know, there's a much bigger chance that you're going to get Alzheimer's. Okay. You know, or the BRCA right. Muta right. mutation, you know. Right. Um, and you know, actually, I, I think I kind of know where you stand on this, but like, for example, Angelina Jolie, that was a very, um, you know, uh, public decision to get a double mastectomy because she had the BRCA mutation right. and it sort of created this sense that like, well, if I have that mutation, then I'm going to get cancer. Right. But even though there's a more, a greater chance uh, greater proclivity of cancer, there's so many other inputs yeah. into that equation, isn't it? Right, right. right. So. I mean, uh, yeah, it's also your belief system too, like you were talking about. You know, right. do you, yeah. yeah, do you really believe that this, you are going to get cancer from this BRCA gene? You know, it's like changing that belief system, just reprogramming your your brain. Um, I also, I, my mom has macular degeneration. So she had us, my brother and I tested for that. I did not want to get tested. I didn't want to know years and years ago. And of course I have the gene for it, Yeah. but it doesn't like, I don't, it, at first I was really like, Oh no, not another thing. Um, but now I realize <laughs> right. like everything I'm doing for myself and how I eat and how I live my life you know, I have every chance of, you know, not getting it. Or if I do get it, there will be a cure at the time I get it later in my life. So yeah. I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. That's what, that's what I love to also teach 
don't be afraid of these things. Embrace them. Right. I think you, you, you did such a great job of that in your book, In Cancer Hacks. So I think it's the you. second or third chapter there where you start to outline some of the greatest myths around cancer. And I, I would just use cancer as a proxy right now for disease in general, because we, we can talk specifically about cancer. Yeah. But cancer is not is akin in some ways to other downstream diseases that mm -hmm. are associated with metabolic dysfunction. So, you know, we could also be talking about heart disease or stroke or right. diabetes or fatty liver disease, COPD, a bunch of other things. Yeah, so of course. Um so specifically oh so yeah, I want to go back to some of those myths. So one of them I remember was that you know, cancer is not a death sentence, mm -hmm. right? Right. And maybe Mark felt as if, like it was at that juncture. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't there. But I think a right. lot of people hear the word and there's immediate fear and there's like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Yes, it is. I mean, it, and we know a lot of people who have overcome cancer, millions, as well yeah. as the book Radical Remission, one of my favorite books from Kelly Turner, mm -hmm. um, you know, stage four cancers and that heal holistically, that don't even do Western meds. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like, but that, that is all from those modalities of believing that it's not mm -hmm. a death sentence and changing your, you know, sympathetic nervous system and, you know, getting back in your body, so to speak, and really believing you are in the driver's seat. Back to that notion that we're all on a spectrum, we're all living across the spectrum. So we all have a certain number of quote unquote cancer cells. Yes. You know, we're living with that all the time. A lot of people time. don't realize that. No, yeah. these are just dysfunctional cells yeah. that have become essentially metabolically dysfunctional such that they don't know how to uh, regulate their own growth mm -hmm. and proliferation and metastasis. So yeah. there's a, there's like a, um, a dysregulation within the energy creation process within cellular respiration, particularly as a, as associated with glycolysis. I've started to read about this and I know just enough to be dangerous, <laughs> but that essentially that, like that, that gets dysregulated yep. and we begin and cells begin to overconsume glucose mm -hmm such that they lose control over their healthy and efficient growth. Right. And so one of the obvious protocols to look at there is like, well, what can I do to keep my blood glucose levels lower? Mm -hmm. And by extension, my pancreas can stop producing anabolic insulin yeah, that can exactly. feed... Mm -hmm. The cancer cells. The cancer cells, yeah. essentially. So with that in mind, were you very, very focused on low glycemic, a low glycemic diet? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I knew sugar, you know, we've known that for ages. I think sugar is, is just a killer when it comes to cancer. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you know, it, like you just explained it beautifully. Yeah. So sure. I, I took the sugar out of the diet and um, that was really, really helpful. You know, uh, I think that now, and I still am very focused on sugar and, glu and glycemic because yeah, yeah. most people don't feel good when they're, you know, on this roller coaster ride of the, 
of the blood sugar yeah. not staying level. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and you have a, I, I like your approach is, is non-fundamentalist, non-neurotic approach, which uh, you classify as the 80-20 approach. So yes. what is your 80-20 approach? So 80-20, um, well, yes, you're right. I do consume some sugar um, and that sugar <laughs> is probably more tequila and wine. And, yeah. you know, I love to live life. I also love uh, entertaining. I love going out to eat. I love traveling. I love experimenting with food. Um, so I'm not always, you know, fantastic with, you know, like the gluten and the dairy and the sugar. Those mm. things are definitely things, you know, who doesn't love pasta and pizza and, yeah. um, or the simple carbs. So, yeah, I think the key is, at least this was the key for me, was becoming metabolically flexible mm -hmm. such that my body can shift very easily between burning fat for energy and burning carbohydrates or glucose for energy. Right. And then when you get to that place, then you can have a little bit of fun and you can mm -hmm. cheat around the edges. I was just in Paris for two and a half weeks with right. my daughter. I mean, you know, uh, you had gu a guilty as charged. Right. You know, there was some croissants and some... <laughs> You know, um, you know, some cream sauces and, right. and the rest of it. So, right, exactly. But I have gotten my myself to a place of where I have essentially reduced my insulin resistance that I built up, probably in the same mm -hmm. way that you had built it up. Yeah. Of like living that fast place paced life, mm -hmm. not getting good sleep. You know, drinking probably a little too much around the edges. You know, right. but constant pursuit constant chasing, craving, right. clinging, thriving, forcing. Right. Um, <laughs> in the, in the yeah. wrong places, in the wrong way. Because I think we both do that still in this, in the wellness world. I do really love what I do and I'm a little, I'm definitely obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> so the reading and the, you know, just, you know, the people that I get to meet and like, I am, I do still feel like I'm constantly trying to get better and learn more and strive for more in my world, my health world and for other clients and, you know, people too. And with the cleanse, I mean, I'm just, but it, it feels like it's more balanced. Right. Definitely. I mean, so, and we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, but the world very much sanctifies growth mm -hmm. and all of our metrics for success are based around growth, the, right. you know, the gross domestic product and the S and P 500 and the Dow Jones and all these things, you know, how much is we going to grow, grow, grow. And growth is a very, very important part of life. Yeah. You know, um, we all want to grow, uh, our circle of friends and community Our we want to expand, um, our knowledge, our bodies of knowledge. We yeah. want to, you know, grow muscle to some degree in a hypertrophy <laughs> right. or whatever. Exactly. But, you know, if you look and examine nature closely, every cycle of growth within nature also has a cycle of repair. Mm -hmm. And in order to optimally learn, and I'm just as curious and, and enthusiastic about all this stuff as you are, mm -hmm. but in order to actually consolidate memory and consolidate learning, you need sleep. Yes. <laughs> you need REM. Right. You need, or, or you know, non-sleep deep rest, yeah. or you need meditation because that's where you can actually consolidate a lot of those new neural networks. So, and the same thing is, you know, true for, 
for cancer, for for example, yeah. it's like you, you want your cells to grow. Like angiogenesis is needed in the body. It's needed for healing if you have a wound or something like that. But you don't want cancer cells to grow. Right. So it's like this delicate balance that you have to, um, you know, really refine your skill mm-hmm. at at um, at maintaining right. where, you know, you're activating like your AMPK autophagy pathway, you know, through fasting sometimes, but then other times you're activating your mTOR growth pathways or whatever. Right. So right. these are the, the little balance, the balancing act. Um, That's one thing I wish I had known about was the um, fasting protocol, yeah. you know, and cell autophagy. I didn't know about the, that in those days do now, of course. Um, and when Prolong was introduced, that mm-hmm. was fascinating to see all the research of how well people do who have cancer or going into treatment. You've probably seen this, right? Where yeah. they do the Prolong, they have cell autophagy, and then they go into treatment and they do respond so much better. Yeah, That's it's, so it's amazing. I mean, you were doing it in a way that a low glycemic diet is not is very, very akin to a ketogenic diet, which is very, very akin to some of the same byproducts of fasting. So really what, you know, you're doing is you're lowering the load on your pancreas and on insulin production and lowering glucose levels in your blood Mm -hmm. and burning ketones or free fatty acids for energy. Cancer cells can't burn ketones or can't leverage ketones. Right. Um, And so when you're... Fasting, for example, I'm a 16, eight dude. Yep. Um, you know, and so then I'm activating these cell repair pathways and turning off growth pathways, mm-hmm. um, for 16 hours a day anyway. Right. <laughs> right. And, um, and that prof- that process that you mentioned autophagy, essentially the, the breakdown of dysfunctional proteins into their amino acid building blocks so that they can then be reused, which is unreal that our body has that <laughs> ability that, to that, do that it. Ability. It's like right. incredible. Right. Um, no, I love the 16-8. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Are you, is that uh, your protocol? I, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's changed my life. Yeah. Physically, hormonally, digestion, you mm. know, just like also my mental clarity yeah, so you consolidate your eating window between what hours? More Probably one to eight one would to be eight. it at the latest, yeah. Uh-huh. So the, have you eaten yet today? Um, No. Are <laughs> <laughs> you getting hungry? Yes. <laughs> it's about yeah. one o'clock, probably. Right, yeah. Um, no, I haven't eaten. Uh, and it's amazing how long you can go. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, I've... Um, and it's also, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of... Um, cellular pathways and um, physiological components to fasting. And then there's a whole spiritual component to fasting, right. which is also fascinating. Right. And, um, and this whole idea of, that seems kind of ironic, but of craving not to crave and then eventually letting go of craving mm-hmm. and discerning yeah. and becoming like so in touch with your body that you can delineate between what's a biological need and what's sort of a psychological pang for pleasure. Right. Right. <laughs> so, That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, so maybe we'll, I don't live there, but I tap into there every once in a while, but yeah. 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 No, I mean, that's it. You, mm-hmm. that's all we get. We just get glimpses. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I would say, you know, one of my keys for metabolic health has been this combination of a plant-focused ketogenic diet, which yes. is possible. Yes, Even very most, much so. Most people think keto is just like bacon all Animals. day. Animals, right? yeah, protein. Um, mm-hmm. You still eat animal protein somewhat, but... Yeah. 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 I, I do, you know, generally pretty sparingly mm-hmm. and very, very high quality mm-hmm. um, for me right. anyways. Right. Um, and uh, and that combined with the 16-8 protocol, and then I also do some cold water therapy. Those three in conjunction are. Yeah. Incredible. Can, <laughs> they're like, a, it's like a supercharger. I know. Um, isn't it? It you never imagined how good you can feel. I think that's what's so cool about, you know, what we do or also what I get to do with clients and uh, with cleansers and, you know, connecting with them, just getting them to the place of realizing they could feel so much better. Everything in their life could be better, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually and just connections and you well, know, they're bi-direct. They go together. They're mm-hmm, married. Mm-hmm. You can't have one without the other. Right. And, right. you know, I just did um, uh, an interview around the bi-directionality of kind of psychological trauma and physical disease and then the other way around, physical pathology leading to mental disorder. And they just go, they go back hand and forth. Hand. That's it. Yeah. They go back and forth. Mm-hmm. There's no separation between... Uh, mind and body, to, right. despite what Descartes had to say about it. It's interesting just, <laughs> I mean, with that being said, just uh, one thing, when I do talk to clients who have cancer, um, I always ask them what happened in those first seven years, if anything, trauma, divorce, death, even small little traumas of someone saying you weren't smart or pretty or things like that, that always something happened in those mm-hmm. early years yeah. that was traumatic. And they don't they don't remember it. They don't, but it does recirculate in that subconscious because we are so, we operate so much from our subconscious and it really does downregulate the immune system. It's another one of those. So that is, you're right, that hand in hand trauma and, and physical yeah. well-being. I mean, in, I, I definitely recommend reading Gabor Mate's book, the yes. recent one, The Myth of Normal. And I've interviewed him a number of different times, but he cites a lot of clinical research there um, around uh, the uh, concomitants, if you will, between trauma um, um, stemming from like neglect or abuse and like, let's say, breast cancer or asthma rates. I mean, and you can actually connect it between, you know, people that have suffered acts uh, of racism, for example, and asthma rates, and you can actually connect those things too. So it's like, we know at this juncture um, that that psychology and physiology are really one in the, in the same. Right. Um, so I don't want to let sprouts get... And Krauts, Sprouts and Krauts get between us. Um, <laughs> I see that they might be. They might right? be. Yeah. They are between us right now. For Two of my favorite things. For um, those of you who <laughs> are, don't have the great luxury of watching the video version of this, uh, Alyssa and I are divided by um, only by good things. And I wanted to poke at some of these foods that I brought down from the kitchen that many of them are 
anti-carcinogenic mm-hmm. um, and they have all sorts of different properties and flavonoids and polyphenols and all this kind of stuff. Um, but this is sort of represents some of the staples from my cupboard and my diet. And I wanted to see which ones of these resonate with you, both from a anti-carcinogenic perspective, but also just from a general, general. health perspective and good for the gut and good for everything. So you want to, yeah, you want to pick at any one of these? Oh my here? God, all of them. Um, you know, I mean, sprouts are pretty powerful as you know, mm-hmm. like with just all the protein they have in them. I mean, they're just, they, I mean, I love sprouts. They're like just incredibly healthy for you. Um, do you eat them every day? Is it something? Yeah, do you grow so. them? You so grow yeah, these? we sprout at home. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, slightly showing off. But this are those is broccoli like, sprouts? These are chance? broccoli sprouts. Oh, so you even get better. A, e- the best. Yeah, sulforaphane. Sulforaphane okay. for, the, for the wind. So, yeah. so broccoli sprouts, I mean, the, you know, we sprout from here. From yes. home, it's got this like kind of little cheesecloth yeah. type with a wide mouth mason jar, and we just get seeds in, mm-hmm. and um, and then you know you rinse the seeds you know twice a day, and you put in a kind of um, a dark place, right? Uh, darkish place. It doesn't need to be dark, dark. And in you know three to five days, you have these bounteous broccoli sprouts, and as you said, they've got this compound called sulforaphane, right? which is like the number one anti-cancer compound I it think, is. in the world. Yep. <laughs> and when you eat it, broccoli sprouts in, or broccoli in sprout form, it's actually on a volume basis, 40 times right. the nutrient density of even a broccoli, broccoli. head. Right. And, th- and broccoli heads and broccoli right. spears are also very, right. very nutrient dense. So yeah. this is even like more the- powerful. Insanity. And Um, all the cruciferous veggies really are so good. You know, Brussels sprouts and kale and cauliflower and like all of them are like at the, there's like the top anti-cancer food is spinach. Yeah. Um, And I know these days some of the wellness people love spinach and some hate spinach. Oh, really? What's what's the spinach backlash? (laughs) It really is like, because of its oxalates, it's a problem. But uh-huh. that's, I think, if you eat it a lot. But yeah. spinach is number one. Dr. Gregor, Michael Gregor, did this uh, like nine um, tumor markers. Spinach was number one. Radicchio was number two. All the cruciferous species were number three. And then all the onions, leeks, garlic were the other family the other that family. lowered all these nine tumor markers across the board. Wow. So okay. garlic you have so there. Have garlic. So what is this <laughs> right. active? I rem- I can't remember the active ingredient. It's, it's um, like uh, alicin. Alicin, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and then um, sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. I mean, probiotics are something that um, I have in my diet every day. Yeah. And I think as someone who's sick all the time growing up, I had antibiotics like crazy. I don't think I had a microbiome really even before the cancer because I was always taking a- antibiotics Mm-hmm. Or I was taking synthetic over-the-counter meds, not realizing that was destroying my microbiome. Yeah. So now I load up on sauerkraut or coconut kefir yogurts mm-hmm. or water, coconut kefir waters, which I love, which are you know available very much here, um, and strong probiotics. Yeah. Every day. Do you get your probiotics largely in foods or do you supplement as well? Both. Yeah. I don't think you can get enough 
Right. You know, I think that if you're taking the right probiotic, you can tell if it works for you or not. Usually your gut can tell you. Um, but I mix it up every three months, a new probiotic. So I get different strains, That's but then great. I also have it in my diet as well. So I just don't think you, you know, that microbiome is crucial. I don't think I'm ever going to have, or we're ever going to have a balance of mm -hmm. good and bad, you know, more good than bad. Yeah, I don't think I that mean, ever happens. Yeah. I mean, I think like everything else in your body, you're maintaining this sort of asymmetrical order, this sensitive yeah. balance, if right. you will, you know, between different bacteria. Um, so for example, like we also, we ferment, we have a big crock up top. And so we're making, um, you know, probiotic sauerkraut all the time. Mm -hmm. And we just put it almost in, it's almost on the side of every Everything. dish. In <laughs> fact, my wife, Skylar makes my kids eat sauerkraut for breakfast on the, wow. on the side, which is, um, now I yeah, wish I could do that, man. That would be awesome. Yeah, That, that took a lot of conditioning and bribery. <laughs> right. Um, and kimchi. I mean like that, our kim family likes kimchi. I don't love it because of the smell. It's a little strong it, for me, but yeah, I don't, kimchi is very, I, I can, yeah, I can, uh, I'm with you on that. Mm -hmm. Um, I prefer sauerkraut. Yes. Um, I also have this, um, probiotic coconut yogurt mm -hmm. here. Yes. Um, this is a kooky guy, Rishi, that makes it up in San Luis Obispo. Um, and it has a whole variety of different strains of, of, uh, of bacteria. Is that sold at Erewhon? It one? is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Because I don't think it's sold elsewhere. No, no. And it's right. still a very um, cottage industry for him. He's like, you know, drives it down himself and meets the Erewhon right. guy and everything. Right, but I like is, those brands. It's ex mm -hmm. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a high quality fat if you're going to have some saturated fat, yeah. which I think you have to manage. Mm -hmm. um, but this is my, yeah. like, little... Um, you know, four or five days a week, I'll break fast Asked. with like a scoop of the probiotic coconut yogurt, some um, walnuts, walnuts, which yeah. uh, are fantastic for home. We can talk about yes. walnuts too yeah. for a minute. And the brain a few, and omegas, right? And a few uh, blueberries. Berries. Yeah. Just a few? Well, That's <laughs> you know, it's very funny because. Obviously, blueberries are well known for their antioxidant yeah. properties. But um, I started wearing a continuous glucose yeah. monitor last year. Mm -hmm. And for me, blueberries will spike my glucose levels. Okay. For me. That is interesting. Not Even for, eating it in conjunction with the walnuts and the yogurt? No. Okay, not but they're really. separate if they're yeah, separate. If I were to eat them on their own yeah, without okay. fiber and fat yeah. and in a matrix right they would they would spike me a bit despite right. their fiber and all that stuff and yeah. that was just me okay um and i am happy to extol the virtues <laughs> of, of blueberries here with you right uh um but um but are you a yeah. nut person? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what are your go-to nuts I mean, nuts I here? absolutely love walnuts. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're really, you know, they're like for cognitive function, omegas, anti-inflammatory. Yeah. They're kind of top of the scale for me. You know? Me too. I do I, love almonds and cashews and, but I've, I've overdone the almonds and cashews a little bit. So yeah. sometimes. I think walnuts are the top of the heap if yeah. you 
want to just talk pure <laughs> phytonutrients. Right, that's or, true. Or, they or are nutrients. Yeah. Um, they have a compound, I believe it's called elagitanins, which mm-hmm. is a certain kind of polyphenol, or I believe, um, which is uh, anti-carcinogen. But they're also just incredible source of healthy fat. So there's yeah. ALA, omega-3s there, but also fiber. Yeah. You want to talk about fiber oh for my a second? God. How important it is yeah. because most people do not even talk about fiber. It's not even in the conversation. Yeah. Um, it's carbs and, sh- you know, sugar and, and protein. But uh, yeah, we're not getting enough fiber. We need, I feel like I try to get my clients to do a minimum of 30 grams of fiber to 50. The cleansers on the gut cleanse get over 50 grams of fiber in a day. Mm. Um, we got to be careful because that could be too much. For people, but we need fiber to actually, you know, clean us out, detoxify us, clean out our intestines. I feel like clean out cholesterol out of our body. So fiber and keep us satiated, right? Yeah. For longer periods of time. And um, it's crucial. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned this, so you were pointing at it, um, but like fiber, for example, if I eat the fiber in the form of those walnuts with the blueberries, mm-hmm. I won't spike right. because the fiber will create this kind of gel lattice work in my small intestine that will slow down the absorption of the sugar, of the sugar mm-hmm. into the bloodstream. Right. So if you're going to eat some form of sugar, and why not from time to time, right. eat it in conjunction or after you've had some fiber because that will slow down the the uptake or the absorption of of glucose into your bloodstream right and then beyond that there's all sorts of indigestible fiber that then just goes right through into your colon and you're not eating it and absorbing the calories right but your gut bugs are (laughs) loving it they're loving it that's what they eat right Um, right like the prebiotics and the right that's right so and it's really, it, I mean, it's crucial to start having that in the conversation yeah. um, because that is, you know, our first line of defense of detoxifying this toxic body that we have is going to the bathroom and fiber right. definitely helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fiber and hydration. Right. Hydration. Um, and yeah. so what else do you, do you mess around with Cur- any turmeric or curcumin? I love curcumin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of taking curcumin on a daily basis. Like I do 1000 to 2000 milligrams of curcumin, mm-hmm. um, for Thornton makes a great phytosome yes. curcumin that I love. Yeah. That is a huge, I, I think of it as an antiviral, antibacterial, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, Curcumin is kind of all of that and it's such a beautiful, you know, uh, also has antioxidants that are hugely important. So I definitely feel curcumin should be in the mix of either in your food or as a supplement. Yeah, it's got also a beautiful, radiant, resplendent color (laughs) to it. And uh, this one I find to be very high quality, high stringent. Um, It's a brand Synchro. I I don't have any... Um, connection to them outside that I like their products very much, but it's a, it's activated with black pepper, oh, which okay. I think yeah. uh, helps the absorption. The yeah, the impact of the or the yeah. absorption. Yeah, um, let's yeah, it's see. been amazing. Curcumin has helped a lot of people with during the COVID time. Vitamin D, curcumin, certain you know foods and supplements like, and yeah. that's been one of them. Yeah, it's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Cinnamon was is kind of a random one I have here, but it's a <laughs> it's a good glucose sink. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's very reported, calming. Yeah. For the system. So. Yeah, it's a good one. What yeah. about olive is that oil? olive oil? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Um, is that Erwin's olive oil? Oh no, it's a different. Um, yeah, olive oil. Yeah, I mean, it's just like. Like all of, as we know, I, I just had dinner with Dan Butner who, you know, oh, yeah. did the blue zones. Sure. And I mean, olive oil is just in, crucial for anti-inflammatory, you know, and Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. The, the active compound there, I believe is oleocanthal, right? I can't say it. That's why I, <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I didn't yeah. say that. It's I, hard I always to stumble over yeah. it, but I've had to, I've stumbled so right. many times that, that now and it's just a healthy it. fat. You know, it's just definitely healthy fat. It's very satiating. So when you're doing like salad dressings Mm -hmm. and, you know, are you just, what are you doing? Are you making special salad dressings or are you doing uh, just kind of like light olive oil and salt and lemon? Sometimes it's light olive oil and and salt and lemon. You know, it can be really simple or it could be apple cider vinegar and olive oil. And um, yeah, or just, Mm -hmm. I try, yeah, I try to keep it really simple. Yeah. And like. Like we talked about earlier on, just kind of eating the basics, not mm-hmm. making anything too complicated, you know, making making sure everything is real, um, whether it's a salad dressing or the salad or whatever is I'm eating in my yeah. diet these days. Well, non-invasive, non-invasive. <laughs> I mean, we often think about processed foods as happening in some factory in yeah. a very, in kind of some kind of a you know, mechanistic way, yeah. but you can process foods in your own kitchen. Pe- peeling an apple is processing a food. Right. <laughs> and when right. you do it, you're losing all the pectin and quercetin and all of the stuff that's in the, and a bunch of the fiber that's in the peel. Yeah. So, Skin. you know, you can think about, am I eating something that is truly whole or not? So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, that's why I designed the cleanse yeah. That you've tried um, oh God, eight years gonna, ago. Yeah. And it was just about really putting into the hands of people how to, you know, really what real food tastes like. Yeah. What it's like to eat a lot of real food, not starve yourself so much so, but just really, you know, eat real, nutritious, anti inflammatory food. So, yeah, Liz, I want to talk about the cleanse because it is just absolutely impeccably um, delivered, conceived, made. It's just on every single level. It is just absolutely 100% superlative. I was blown away. Really? And just, just the presentation of it, just the delivery of it, every single component of it was impeccable. Wow. Really, just Thank like... You. Really that, well done. I mean, what a I'm compliment sure you had to iterate. coming from you. I'm sure you had to iterate on it, but yeah. or maybe not. But it was honestly the most enjoyable cleanse experience I've ever had. And it didn't even really feel, it felt like a luxury, not a yeah. sacrifice. Right. Right. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> like, not like, oh my God, I'm starving myself. <laughs> it was the opposite of that. Um, That's the point. Yeah. You know, that's the point is to make, offer people the opportunity to really nourish themselves and, and have fun with food. Cause you know, there's a lot of 
people not having fun with food, as we know, um, and a lot of restrictions going on. And then people also not knowing what the hell to eat and how to eat and when to eat, right? So, yeah, yeah. to be able to kind of like guide them in a way that, you know, I also love food. So the food has to taste good and be fresh. And and the taste is also the big important thing. So. Yeah. So, and it's so colorful. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love yeah. getting it. So there's in, it arrives in all of these beautiful jars and it's essentially every color of the rainbow more or less, <laughs> right. which, which, true. which actually has some true... I'm not trying to call it science, but yeah. when they talk about eating the rainbow, there's actually a real reason to eat things that have dark, rich colors, you know, lycopene yeah. in tomatoes, for example. Um, and so, um, yeah, so can you give us Back maybe- to the anti-cancer, you know, antioxidant, like anti-getting healthy, like it's, right. I mean, it. there are over 50 plus different vegetables in five days. That's incredible. And who can say that they really, you know, think about eating 50 different vegetables in five days. So. Right. Well, so that's kind of one of my rules. I try to eat 30 different vegetables per week, but. Awesome. Difficult to accomplish. Still awesome. But given the fact that we, there's thousands upon thousands, I used to really know these numbers, but of like edible plants. I mean, I think it was like 20,000 or something like that. And we basically eat like four of them mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Right. as a, as a culture. That's scary. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and over and over, you know, we learn the same, we, we learn the same thing, you know, it's different mask, same face, which is that biodiversity is a good thing almost always. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, eating a whole eating, across the rainbow, what we're really doing there is availing ourselves of, you know, nature's broadest collection of phytonutrients, of minerals, of all of the kind of essential compounds that actually make the body function. Right. Um, and you've packed that all into this immaculate cleanse. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I'll just say like a cleanse, it's appropriate a cleanse is appropriate any time of the year, mm-hmm. but we're headed into the new year, yeah. right? And so a lot of people make, uh, you know, well-intentioned well New Year's resolutions that can, you know, yep. often end up in the dustbin. But mm-hmm. but if so, if you're in Los Angeles, right, you could actually subscribe and and get the cleanse. So maybe you can talk about yes. that for a moment. And then if you're not available. Available, or if you can't actually order a cleanse, maybe you can help people kind of, you know, self-design their own cleanse as they enter the new year. Yeah, I do both. Yeah, and um, you know, I the cleanse if for people who live in LA. Yes, it's fresh and delivered twice during the week, so it stays very fresh. And like I said, there's over fifty different vegetables and. There's a, there's a detox tonic on it. So it's a gut drink and it has coconut kefir and aloe vera and apple cider vinegar and chlorophyll and also extra probiotics in there as well. Um, and then there's a homemade super C bar. If you're fasting, which is fun, you can have that later in the day because you could still 
you know, stay with your fasting protocol. Yeah. Um, different salad every day with different salad dressings, different soups every night. And then um, winter, it's lattes. So it's a turmeric latte. And mm. also, and then there's a reishi cacao latte. So we mix it up a bit. Um, so we give enzymes, also these great enzymes by Enzymatica. They digest gold. They're very strong in terms of helping you break down protein, fat, and carbs, which we all need. Um, and so we give those for the cleanse because there's a lot of legumes and beans on the cleanse and some grains. And some people are so not used to eating that many legumes and beans. Um, and I love that for the fiber. So, and then we also give magnesium before bed, a MAGO seven, which is oxygenated magnesium. Um, people are loving that. I just am hoping they don't get addicted to it (laughs) because it's not a good thing to get addicted to, but it's cleaning them out and keeping them regular. Um, they just feel lighter. And by the end of the week, what's cool is a lot of people are going to the bathroom more than once a day. So once a day, I say is considered constipated and nobody likes that when I say that. So mm-hmm. they're going two and three times a day by the end of the week. It's incredible. And they're like, yeah. is that possible? We are really supposed to go after every meal, right? Yeah. But um, we don't do that either. So it is really fun to be able to just, you know, see you can reset your body in five days completely. Yeah. Go off sugar, gluten, dairy, processed food, you know, anything inflammatory um, and reset your body and yeah. sleep better and have more energy. And yeah, that's what I found that it, it was just a complete holistic reboot and everyone should use it as a, as a springboard. And, you know, f- for me, I'm Thanks. lucky enough that, you know, my life gets to be focused around being pretty healthy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. You live that way anyway. Experimenting and tinkering on myself in that regard. But I, I, I realize how fortunate I am to be able to do that. Um, and, uh, right. And, if you're not, yeah. And you also, you don't live in LA. You're asking, right. um, I have a seven day reset that you can download from my site and it's very similar to the cleanse. So there's salad and soup recipes and the, and the detox tonic that I make that I've been making for eight years. And so uh, the bar recipe, everything is on there. So yeah. I'm like an open uh, there's book. The, there's a number of PDFs on your site. Mm-hmm. They're beautifully put together. Just Thank you. so well done. Um, and so informative and so generous. I mean, you're, you're giving it away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm happy <laughs> so, to, Yeah. you know, cause if I can touch people's lives and just help them a little bit, mm-hmm. that even, that just the good stuff comes back to me yeah. always. So well, just I, paint it forward. Yeah, the the, the super seed bars, bars I loved. I mean, I know that they're kind of a signature thing um, mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Um, and I'm an avid tennis player, and so um, I I was kind of keeping some in my tennis bag, you know, when I go up to play and I need, you know, if I'm a little bit like feeling a little hypoglycemic or a little bit woozy or something, you know, and I need, you know, just a little bit of extra. Right. Um, I thought, I mean, first of all, they're absolutely delicious, but actually <laughs> I wrote down all the ingredients from, <laughs> from your website and, uh, I I know, it's a so, lot of ingredients. I know. <laughs> I was like, amazing that you got it all in, in there. I don't know um, how you're right. We just had to reformulate a little bit cause they stopped making the coconut nectar that I okay. did for bind them with. Binder. Yeah. Okay. The coconut secret product. Um, so now we have date nectar and another coconut nectar. So we had to add a little date nectar. So 
a little bit of a bummer uh, because it did change the flavor a little bit and also add a little bit of more sugar. Yeah. That's it's real sugar. It's the one thing on the cleanse. Nothing else in the cleanse has sugar. That bar is the only thing that has sugar for the Mm -hmm. five days. Yeah. And chia can do a little binding. Yeah. Yeah. And almond butter. Right. Not enough to to keep this thing together. Yeah. And freezing it. Right. Helps. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll just say everything in the ingredient list are things that I can easily pronounce, Uh (laughs) which is generally my my litmus test for things because, you know, to the degree that we can consume things that aren't in packages that don't need to have a long shelf life, that is a generally a good indication that that is going to be positive for you. Now you can obviously abuse and overeat anything, but you know, that is kind of my rule of thumb is like, can I get this at a reasonable price, not in a package? Yeah. And that's not a bad litmus test. Right. Right. And with these bars, it's interesting because I'm, yeah, I don't know if you know their soul. Erewhon is making them. So the owner of Erewhon did the cleanse and loved the bars. And she's like, I need to have these bars in the store. They're not making them the same way we are. Um, That's a little bit of a bummer selling them for a little bit more money, but, uh, (laughs) it's Erewhon. I I know it's Erewhon. So, and we're, we were going to co-pack them together, potentially, if they sold well. They are selling really well at Erewhon, but when I was talking to them about doing the next step with them, they're looking for a bar that has a shelf life of a year. I'm like, what? Erewhon? That's not like you. Yeah, Mm. that's not my interest either. No, God. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're doing is, um, I mean, you're keeping the quality so high, and sometimes... In order to do that, you have to sacrifice scale and you have to just say, yeah. listen, this is a lo- this is local because yeah. that's the way I can deliver it at its highest quality. Like yeah. it could be very, you know, you could try to go take this cleanse and, and, and there may be ways to do it, to nationalize it by creating different hubs in different cities and having. Yeah. Created, Setting up kitchens. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm sure you've gone we through a lot that. of those <laughs> ideas, but you know, there is also you know, something incredibly sacred and special about doing things locally. And, you know, a lot of people that have done the cleanse actually know you and know who you are, know who you are. Yeah. And that's creates a sense of, a sense of, uh, you know, things when there's a a sense of the relational, Mm -hmm. things are just so much more sacred. Yeah. And you take your time with it. Like I didn't, when I was on the cleanse, yeah. I didn't like open the soup and like chug it. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I was like, oh, cool. Let's right. make this like, what's <laughs> in it? What are the ingredients in this one? Right. Like taste it really slowly, like really try to dissect the different ingredients. It's like, that's the way we should be treating the miracle of of nature's gifts. But oh yeah, food. I know. That's a, it, mostly. Right. <laughs> I mean, it is fun to be able to also be there for the cleansers. Like if anybody has an issue during the week too, that connection, they have unlimited access to me. They could text me. um, They text me all the time. Yeah, I didn't feel good with this or I love this. I mean, 
or, you know, just, uh, it's fun to be able to, you know, have that immediate connection with the cleansers to help them get over any kind of issue that they're having that week or, um, or if they're just feeling great and hearing that it is changing their life. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Like the simple things that can, and also getting them to relax while they're eating and not multitask is huge because we know when you, you know, multitask and you're stressed, your digestive system shuts down. So are you really going to absorb these beautiful nutrients? All this money you paid for this cleanse, will you absorb that's right. Right? Yeah. It, I mean, the adage, you are what you eat, yeah. needs an asterisk. You actually are what your body can absorb. absorb. And yes. if all of your energy and blood flow is going to your extremities or to raise respiratory or heart rate, et cetera, away from the gut, yeah. it's moving away from digestion and healthy metabolism and your immune system and out into your sympathetic extremities Mm -hmm. and you're not absorbing this immaculate food that you've created. So, you know, this is where, and this might be a good bridge into, um, you know, mindfulness practices because this is, you know, why people, I won't say this is why this is one of the happy byproducts of saying grace at the table, for example, or having a ritual at your table, or at the very least not staring at your phone or watching Netflix while you're eating. Yeah. Um, But is actually to move yourself into a parasympathetic state such that um, digestion is upregulated and you have, you know, your blood flow and your energy in the right place to absorb your food. Yeah. I know we've gotten so far away from that. It's a little scary. I mean, I know growing up that was huge. You know, of course I didn't have a cell phone growing up, but we always had family dinner. You know, it was just the time that I don't remember having the TV on when we were eating. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember the distractions. It was beautiful. Yeah. Do you have a mindfulness or centering or grounding practice that you uh, engage in? You mean on a daily basis overall or on a with, daily yeah, basis and absolutely. then potentially in, in connection with food. food? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it's, you know, I'm a type A, um, <laughs> individual try, wanting to get a lot of things done. Cause I like genuinely excited about my life. So it still stresses me out. It's still making my cortisol levels rise. And so I'm constantly having to like reacclimate myself Um, A lot of it comes from just centering, you know, putting my hands over my heart and saying, like, I'm here, I'm safe, I'm loved is a huge one for me. Like that just gets me back in my body. And it feels like it puts me into that parasympathetic nerve system. And it puts me in the here and now. Like that's really crucial. I mean, I have to do that multiple, multiple times a day. Because I, you could, a lot of times you could peel me off the ceiling because I'm like going a million different directions. Yeah, we're dreamers. Right, exactly. we're imagining a prospective future and we care about um, our projects and our creative visions for things. But oftentimes if you're living not here right now, you're not really living anywhere right? because tomorrow never really comes. No. <laughs> so. And uh, being present is huge. We talk about that all the time. You know, yeah. everybody does these days uh, on social. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, 
people don't know how to really, they, they don't feel comfortable sometimes with being present or they don't know how to get present. So um, I'm a little, I'm definitely obsessed with being present these days, um, wherever I'm at, whoever I'm with. And food wise too, I'm present with the food. We do Reiki the food, by the way. <laughs> I love it. We do put a lot of really amazing healing energy into it. My kitchen staff is amazing. They love what they do. Um, so I feel like that food comes out with a lot of incredible energy and love and just, I, it's, it's so, it's amazing to have that because you can, I think people can feel it. It's just like when your mom or your, you know, whoever's cooking for you and is loving and making food for you. Um, if it was growing up and your mom made great food, you're just like, ah, this is just heaven. Yeah. And that's the best feeling. So we do try to do that with the food as well. Right. I love Reiki and, as well. And, and don't talk politics with your mom. Yeah, right? no politics. <laughs> <laughs> That'll put you right into sympathetic no. overload. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it's all about calmness. And, you know, I, we that this is a whole other podcast, but and you've done many podcasts on, on plant medicine. But in yeah. the last four years, I've done a lot of plant medicine. Um, and that's helped me also... Um, get in touch with some mantras or my practices um, to help me sleep, to help me relax. And um, that's changed my life and to help me heal, really mm -hmm. ultimately heal and regain my, my, my energy and thriving in this world. Because I've, I've seen on my journeys that like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And that I can thrive. Yeah. Well, happiness and this is actually a product of clinical research, but the highest rates of self-reported well-being or happiness um, are reported by people that have the highest capacity to align what they're thinking about and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so mm. the moment that your mind starts wandering, that is an indication of an unhappy mind. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's a scientific paper called, I believe, a uh, wandering mind is an unhappy mind, which is a funny oh. name for a mm -hmm. scientific paper. But I love that. So there are a whole variety of different practices that you can leverage to essentially yoke your thoughts with your actions, your intentions with what you're doing. Yeah. And to the degree that you can actually be present for when I eat the walnuts, eat the walnuts. <laughs> right. You know, when I eat yeah. the blueberries, eat the blueberries. Yeah. When I'm here with Alyssa, be with Alyssa. Right. Right. Not be off somewhere off in the future. Right. And that is one of the happy byproducts of podcasting. For me, right. it's like I'm right here right now with you 100%. I'm not thinking about anything else. Nobody can get in touch with me. Right. I'm not, no one's distracting my attention. So either become a podcaster <laughs> <laughs> or become a meditator or just do something where you're essentially yoking or, or, or bringing together your thoughts and actions. Mm -hmm. That could be a sport. Um, mm -hmm. That could be cooking. Mm -hmm. um, it yeah. could be just taking a hike with a friend or someone that you love. Right. Um, but the that capacity really, I kind of can't help but, you know, really, really underscore that for people that are listening or watching, you know, that drifting of your thoughts from what you're doing is really going to contribute to a lot of pain and suffering. Yeah. So really try to and align those things. You don't realize at the time. No. Even yeah, if you're thinking think, about something great, right, you know, it's right. really the the dis um, connection between those two things that, that can lead to 
a lot of unhappiness. And obviously, in the attention economy, it's pretty easy to get yeah. distracted. Right. Everyone's vying for your eyeballs. Attention. Yeah. Thank God for, you know, I mean, I know you started in this world or, you know, was kind of a pioneer of meditation and yoga and and really bringing it, you know, to the masses, so to speak. So thank God for all that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'm actually very conflicted about it <laughs> on some level. Really? I, well, you know, listen, I, I, I think I'm very happy if I've played any role in creating a bigger tent for meditation mm-hmm. or for yoga or for other modalities, mm-hmm. then that's great. I, I think there is a tendency in modern Western culture to kind of in the commodification or the popularity of a particular practice to sort of demystify it. And so for many, many years with Wanderlust, I was like, well, we're going to demystify yoga or demystify meditation. So then a lot of people then started to engage in those practices, maybe not for the best reasons. Okay. And so like people like, I want my six pack abs or like, I want to be able to perform more optimally in the office or whatever, uh, you know, effect that people wanted Mm -hmm. and okay, great that meditation has some happy byproducts that you can, that it fosters more the ability to have more concentrated attention, but to do meditation for some other reason than being here now almost defeats the entire point of doing it. Yeah, true. And so part of me now is more bent on remystifying uh, uh, it okay. of like, can you experience consciousness differently, not as a separate self, but as connected to some kind of universal web of life? Can you actually feel connected with something greater than just yourself? yourself? Yeah. Total. I mean, you know, the plant like, medicine has done that for me. Yes. In the last, I mean, really the connection is huge. I think, and that's, that is like also, so <laughs> it's the most incredible feeling to feel like the universe has your back. You are connected to something bigger out there. And, you know, just that for me has been like everything in terms of just, you know, getting to a place of um, just ultimate happiness and and well-being. Yeah. So as we move into the new year, um, are there any tips that you have for people to help them actually reify their best intentions, like actually accomplish any of their resolutions or any tricks that you have for people? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hacks, tricks. Yeah. Sure. Um, there's, there's so many, but, um, you know, it's been really fascinating that Jeff, this one thing that I've been talking about uh, for years now, um, I tell all the clients and a lot of times on podcasts, people ask me about, you know, hydration and Mm. all of that. We have an intercellular dehydration epidemic going on, as you know. So I tell people just to wake up and drink two cups of water before they do anything. Cause Mm. you're, you know, you've been detoxing through the night, you're massively dehydrated, um, before your coffee, your tea, your food, whatever, two cups of water has been life changing for people. I'm a little blown away by it. They'll, you know, I'll do a session and someone will say those two cups of water have totally changed my life. I'm like, you just paid me money to tell you to drink two cups of water. So (laughs) it's pretty wild. I mean, hydration is so crucial. I've been, you know, I, 
I love minerals. Or I, I love this hydrating powder. It, it is sweetened with a little bit of stevia, but it's called Ultimate Replenisher. I don't know. I've been drinking it for 10 years. Um, there's a lot of good ones out there, but putting minerals into your water helps water really go into your cells and can yeah. hydrate you. You know, I mean, dehydration is a real killer, you know, for your brain, for your mucosal lining, you know, just for hunger when you're not hungry, you know, just all kinds of things and not going to the bathroom, you know, and really eliminate. So, um, that so, so as simple as that, two glasses, two of glasses water. of water so when you wake up, do you put, it's actually funny. Yeah. One thing that was hiding oh, back here yeah. is like electrolytes. So I wonder, do you, is it mm -hmm. just water, straight water, or do you do ever do either. like a little electrolytes? Either in it, or it could something? be either. It could be straight yeah. water or you could do electrolytes or you could do the electrolytes later. Right. Um, you definitely need the minerals in your water. You could put a pinch of sea salt, Himalayan sea salt, black That's right. Celtic salt, whatever. Yeah, it's huge. Well, yeah, um, I mean, those have all the minerals in it. That's why you don't right. really want that refined salt all that yeah. time because then you forego all of the all of the minerals, the right. magnesium and potassium, calcium, sodium, et cetera, that are so key to actually transporting electrical signals in your body, right. your neurons and your muscles basically that rely on electrical signals to function. Right. Um, and so many of those electrolytes... That's why they call it yeah. electrolytes. Yeah. <laughs> they help essentially conduct that those electrical signals across um, synapses or across muscles to help them either contract or magnesium helps them relax, et cetera. Exactly. Um, yeah. And the and minerals also help calm down the central nervous system. So, right, yes. if you're having, we don't get enough minerals. So I think it helps with both of those things, you know, really like get you hydrated and also hopefully kind of balance the... Yeah, you know, the minerals, central nervous system. Yeah, responsible for, like, as you said, the passage of water, of hydration between the bloodstream and the cell, yeah. which is key. And, um, and you know, obviously water for, um, for detoxification and right. for, um, I mean, it's also, it's super interesting, your osmolarity, which I believe is like the concentration of salt. I'm not really sure, but... Um, like but like sodium, yeah, balance. that it will essentially tell you whether or not you should be drinking or not drinking. Mm -hmm. And so um, maintaining like proper salt levels in the body uh, such that like, you know, obviously too much um, blood volume or, or overhydration stemming from like too much processed food salt yeah. will can contribute to high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So like maintaining that right balance of electrolytes has all sorts of different positive impacts. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So water, say, cool. Water, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's easy for yeah. anyone to do. Intermittent fasting has been life changing. I mean, yes, there's some people that maybe are really adrenally fatigued or um, have um, hypoglycemia or, you know, blood sugar issues might not do so well with it, but that intermittent fasting has been huge. You know, we don't, we're not built to take in all this food. Our digestive system needs a break too. I feel like that is crucial. Um, and that also has been really like hugely changing clients' lives, just, you know, instructing on them on how to do that. And then, you know, I've been, I've been juicing for 30 years. So, I still am a green juice girl. And yeah. I feel like getting nutrients at a cellular level, a lot of people do it with greens powders or things like that. Um, I haven't really found one that I love, love yet. <laughs> uh, but the 
juicing greens. Um, I do a base of cucumber, celery, lemon, ginger, and then I'll rotate my greens, spinach one day and dandelion one day. Um, so romaine even like, uh, parsley, cilantro, huge detoxifier. So I still feel like if you have the time to do that, or you just stick that in the blender, um, as you know, years ago, Kimberly Snyder was doing at the beginning of all this, right? right She's, yeah, her I love her. Goddess I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's to get nutrients at a cellular level, if it's through juicing or also through soups, that's why the soup cleanse became, it became what it was because I was trying to get nutrients into people at a cellular level where they could just not have to work. Their digestive system wouldn't have to work so hard. So if you have a cup of soup a day, you have a juice, you stay hydrated, you intermittent fast, like that's kind of a home run. That, I is, mean, a, that is a home run right there. I mean, what it sounds like is enlightenment, which is <laughs> just regular life, but two inches off the ground, right. as yeah. I believe Suzuki once said. Or I, uh, I'm very good friends with a woman named Byron Katie. She's a wonderful oh, teacher. Oh, yeah, I love her. And mm. she's been very, very helpful with me. Um but she, uh, I was visiting her in Ojai one, um, one afternoon and we were having lunch, I think at this place called The Nest, right in downtown Ojai. And so I'm, I was like, shit, you know, I'm here with Byron Katie. I got to ask her something profound, right? right. And right. so I was like, well, what does enlightenment mean to you, Katie? And she's like, just sat there, didn't really say anything for a minute. Um, and then she's like, well, Jeff, let me ask you a question what makes you feel heavy? And I was like, okay, well, you know, when I'm carrying a lot of anger or stress or resentment, mm -hmm. or, you know, if I've overeaten, you know, like a huge steak and potatoes and drank too much beer or whatever, you know, yeah. I just basically went and bullet pointed all the different things that would literally make me feel heavy. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, fair enough. Do, do, do. And, and then she's like, well, it makes you feel light. And I was like, well, you know, generally like when I'm exercising or I'm on a hike or I, when I'm like in some deep conversation with someone or, you know, I've had like just a nice soup or a nice salad. And then I go out and, you know, she's like, well, it's just as simple as that. <laughs> you know, that she's like, you answered it, your own question. She's like, it, if you want to be enlightened, you don't have to be like Jesus or the Buddha or Muhammad. Right. Just do the things that make you feel light. Wow. That's and I beautiful. Was like, right. Okay. Right. I can do that. <laughs> that that was sounds easy. like a path I yeah. can actually exactly. follow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you said it beautifully. <laughs> yeah. And then sleep too, I would say. You know, we, yeah. we didn't really talk about sleep that much. But I mean, I think um, interestingly, women. Don't, I don't know if you, you probably know this. Women need more sleep than men, right? Mm. Women need eight to 10 hours. Men can get away with seven and sometimes six because, you know, we need to have an adrenal reserve. That's where our hormones come out of um, is our adrenals. And men, it's more like a small percentage from the adrenals, but more from the testicles. Mm. And those work no matter what. So I don't know if women realize that, mm. that um, we feel a little, you know, we're kind of all been brought up like, okay, seven hours is great. Or, you know, we're, I was, my family just did five, you know, they were really proud of that. That was kind of their thing, but. Yeah. Well, we used to wear our sleeplessness as a badge of yes, honor. Yes. Where it was, yeah. that was equivalent to productivity and, you know. Exactly. Um, 
And, and now, of course, there's so much sleep science coming out and so much that we don't know, but clearly right. a lot that we do know right. about how important this process that would otherwise seem very maladaptive would be. Like we're not having sex, we're not eating, we're not doing all the other things that might, might procreate the species. So why do we sleep? Right. And now we're learning, well, okay, you restore your memory consolidation, you clean out your beta amyloid proteins and, you know, your lymphatic system kicks in all of these other, you're, you're, you become more insulin sensitive. Um, but I, you know, I live in a house with all women, yeah. I have three daughters and my yeah. wife. And so, uh, I'm wondering why I'm always, you know, walking around the house, um, and they're as, still sleeping? As, as the only one up. <laughs> I'm like, where is everyone? Yeah. Why are the women sleeping? Yeah. But, yeah. that's a, but so that's a good sign. It is interesting. Yeah. yeah that yeah, women don't really realize that they feel guilty for needing more hours, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I love wearing the aura ring, which you do, right? Yeah. Love it. I love, I mean, it's a little, I'm a little addicted, but it does ruin my day if my sleep numbers aren't great. Yeah. Um, and I also have the eight sleep. Mm. Uh, the, if you heard of that, the mattress pad that cools right. and heats your body. Yeah. That's been incredible. You like like that. I love it. Oh mm, my God, my sleep, mm. my deep and REM have been incredible with that eight sleep. So nice. there's some cool gadgets out there that do help us. And also I've been wearing the Apollo. Um, there's, right. you know, it's like, that is amazing um, in regards to helping my sleep yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, and the, my the research <laughs> with the Apollo shows, you know, that you can actually capture an additional 25 minutes of sleep per yeah. day, which is massive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, Huge. I mean, this is just such an interesting time to be doing what we're doing mm -hmm. because of, of innovation like the Apollo and like Eight the sleep Aura and Ring the Aura and Ring. sleep and CGMs right. and being able to marry, um, and plant this, medicine and plant medicine. <laughs> so be able yeah. to marry a lot of innovation and tech with ancient modalities that are old and true mm -hmm. that continue to be relevant, you know, yeah. yoga, meditation, right. certain forms of diet, eating quite a quote unquote local food, which is just really the food that grows near you. Yeah. <laughs> now right. it has a name or whatever. Right. Um, but you know, we, we continue to rediscover, you know, these modalities that are old because we as a species are old yeah. And even though I'm 52, what I really am is an aggregate of all of the adaptive mechanisms that have been developed over hundreds of thousands of years in humans and then billions of years in other forms of prokaryotes and eukaryotes and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, what, what the key to well-being and health, mm -hmm. or at least what I'm finding, is to be able to really understand what your adaptive mechanisms are as a product of evolution and then align yourself with those mechanisms. The problem is, is that, you know, chronic disease in many cases is just our adaptive mechanisms being hijacked by culture. Yeah. So because, and you, you talk incredibly articulately about convenience, mm -hmm. but how, actually detrimental convenience can be to our health because we were meant to be, um, um, we, we were meant to experience periods of scarcity, for example. Yep. That's what fasting yeah. is. Yeah. And mm -hmm. there's certain cellular pathways that 
adept, uh, ado- uh, developed adaptive mechanisms around that scarcity. Mm-hmm. But now we can like Postmates up right. anything right. at any time on a whim. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I think this is the really exciting time to be alive and doing what we're doing um, because we're able to kind of marry a lot of this kind of scientific, technical, empirical data with a lot of these modalities that were very old and have spiritual roots. Yeah. And then we get to Rubik's Cube those things right. together. It's right. pretty cool. <laughs> and also we intuitively know that, you know, because it has yeah. been handed down through our lineage, right? That we know these things are right and true and feel right to us. Yeah. You know, those things that we're marrying with the old, you know? Yeah. Well, like but, when you got your cancer, mm-hmm. you had to tap into really something beyond, uh, you know, Google or what your yeah. doctors might be telling you. You really had to tap into your own the sensations of your own direct experience. And this is what honestly Buddhism and Taoism and Zen are all about is really experiencing life. Um, and, uh, versus just trying to understand it from a, from a scientific or empirical basis. Yeah. And, um, really living your life, hmm. like getting down and dirty, yeah. With your, yeah, with yourself and with what you're, like you were saying earlier, what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of now refined my ability now. I can almost guess what my continuous glucose monitor is going to say. Yeah, I bet. Because I can <laughs> feel it mm-hmm. in my body. I can too. Yeah. Know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, hmm, I'm feeling like I'm carrying a little bit more inflammation right yeah. now. Or I'm feeling, you know like a little bit of brain fog or fatigue. And that is because of this or a combination of variety of things. You can always pinpoint it pretty much. Yeah. You get, yeah, I think you get better at it. Yeah. 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 No, it's a, it can be a little bit of a curse. (laughs) Well, yeah, you don't want to become orthorexic. Yeah, exactly. I think my family is a little like, Okay, Alyssa, like yeah, calm you down need to relax a little um, <laughs> because it can be, you know, because when you feel, when you do get to that place where you feel so good, like we were talking about, and then you do, then you don't feel so good. Yeah. Your sugar's a little high, your inflammation, you're a little bit inflamed. Yeah. It just, it really takes, it really takes me down personally. Yeah. Yeah. I do oh, kind yeah. of go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> totally. Well, it's such a joy to, to be with you. I'm so appreciative of our budding friendship and relationship and uh, just the exuberance and enthusiasm and the knowledge that you bring to the world. Um, I know how many people that you have been able to influence and really bend the arc of their lives towards, towards wellness and really put them on that, on that journey. So good on you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to always be asked and I almost, you know, have to pinch myself always because I can't believe I get to do something like this. Yeah. You know, never in my lifetime would I believe that I get to help people, uh, you know, through hard times and get to a place of thriving. And also, you know, I, I want to be a spokesperson to turn back the clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know everyone's talking about that now, you know, the biological clock, but to be able to have people age and feel better as they age, because we never believed that. We always thought, you know, we were going to have to live with some of these things as we age. 
And you don't have to, as we know today. Absolutely. I mean, I think lifespan and longevity are important, but I would put health span above both of those things. Yeah. You know, we're unfortunately living in a culture where the last 20 years of one's life is generally riddled by a whole kind of cocktail of, of pharmaceuticals related to, you know, multiple comorbidities or multiple chronic diseases. Yeah. And it just doesn't have to be that way because most of those chronic diseases or those conditions are preventable and we can live, you know, 80, 90, a hundred years, but really live a high quality life all the way to the end instead of limping through the last 20 years of our lives, right. making ourselves miserable everyone around us miserable and yeah. costing society a you fortune. know umpteen trillions of dollars at this point four trillion dollars a year in sick care yeah and that's just escalating not okay and you know also like i want to look to your mom <laughs> and my mom as like fonts of wisdom yeah yeah. Instead of a nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely. So, like, I don't want to be a nuisance. For I don't want to be a nuisance. No, yeah. I want my kids to want to hang out with me yeah. and I want to be able to hang out with them. Yeah. And do I want to be things, like a so. hundred playing tennis and then just drop dead. Right. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> not bad. In my sleep. But In my sleep. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe not on the tennis court. <laughs> All right, yeah. Alyssa. Thanks so much. I Thank truly, you, I appreciate it. And to be continued what a if, you'll, if you'll come back. Yeah, I will definitely. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Alyssa Goodman. Be sure to check out the natural and holistic advice in her book, Cancer Hacks. And if you enjoy the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. If you're a regular listener, you have a sense for how much effort we put into the show's creation, and we really do our best to keep ads to a minimum. So if you're looking for a way to support our efforts, the best way to do so is subscribe to Commune. You'll access more than 100 courses featuring the world's top authors, doctors, and thought leaders. You can check it out for 14 days for free at onecommune.com trial. Of course, feel free to reach out to me directly with questions, suggestions, criticism of the constructive variety at jeffk at onecommune.com. Lastly, and not leastly, I'd like to thank all the folks that make this show possible week over week, including Jake Laub, Megan Stone, Violet Augustine, Savannah Alcala, Wellington Gonzalez, and Ryan Tillotson. That's all from the commune for this week. My name is Jeff Krasnow, and I am here for you. <laughs>